So overall, yes, it is more sustainable to move to the cloud. It is because our cloud data centers are run on newer infrastructure, so they emit less carbon. joining us. I'm Nadia and I'm happy to welcome you back to our new podcast series, Go for the Planet, that explores the impact of digital technologies on people and the planet, Go's ambition to be a sustainable tech-led company and the initiatives that are being implemented to reach that goal. For this last episode, we're looking into greener data centres and I'm very happy to welcome Ash Shah, who is Global Programs Director at AXA Group Operations, together with Mark O'Neill and Gerard van der Berg, who are data centre evangelists at Microsoft. Hi, it's a pleasure to have the three of you. Hello, thank you. Great to be here. So let me start with you, Gérard, and a very basic but necessary question. What is a data centre or DC and how does it work? Well, uh, let us compare the data centre with a laptop running Windows 10 on top of it, right? The laptop is basically the infrastructure, as so the data centre in essence, and Windows 10 is the cloud operating system. Both are hosting services and applications on infrastructure, so physical components like hard drive, memory, network adapters and processors. So the laptop, in essence, is a DC, but then the size of one or two Carrefour supermarkets. Instead of running one and in some extent several applications on your laptop, the data center itself is running multiple more in the order of thousands of applications. So how do you connect, right? You connect over the internet, so you use the global network and then you gain access to the services and your data as if it would be the same as you would log in to your laptop and start up your own applications. You make it sound very simple, Gérard. Uh, Mark, could you please tell us more about how and why data centres have a negative impact on the environment? So I think there's a perception that you know multi-tenant data centres have a very large electrical footprint. I think based on current estimates, uh, data centres in the US will consume about 73,000 megawatts, 73 gigawatts in 2020. Uh, to put that into perspective, one megawatt is enough to power 700 households. Uh, a single data, ca- data center can be used to power equivalent to a small city and requires a significant amount of water for cooling. Worldwide, it's estimated that data centers consume about 3% of the global electrical supply and account for in total about 2% of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, The challenge here is that there's a a difference between cloud scale and the traditional data center. Many local data centers are a little less efficient than would be the cloud. When we compare ourselves to the general use, we see about 93% more energy efficient than the traditional on-premise data center and about 98% less carbon based on the renewable energy that we use in our design. But the truth, as Microsoft, we have an ambition to be, by 2025, using only renewable energy, green energy. And in fact, by 2030, our ambition is to be carbon negative. That is, we will remove more carbon than we create in a year. And by 2050, the proposal is that we, Microsoft, will remove more carbon than we've ever created since 1975. But in truth, carbon is really only one part of the story with water, a waste in terms of e-waste, and the ecosystem that surrounds us is really important. So part of the supply chain also included in that conversation. 
A really comprehensive approach there. Now, Ash, we've just heard how these data centres are what underpins the cloud, and we often hear about public and private cloud. What's the difference? A private cloud is a data centre owned by a company behind its own firewalls. So they're fully owned and run and managed by a, a company. A public cloud are servers and capabilities run by some of the larger cloud service providers like Microsoft, AWS, Salesforce, etc. In AXA, we, in our Move to the Cloud program, we use a hybrid cloud strategy where we're using the best of both public and private clouds, giving us extra security, flexibility, cost optimization, and higher availability. And you mentioned the Move to the Cloud program. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, the Move to the Cloud program is one of several programs that AXA are leading to be a tech-led company. It's the single largest business transformation program in the group today. We're focusing on providing better innovation, faster speed to market, and trying to reduce our technical debt through this program. It's taking our current global IT estate and migrating that to a hybrid cloud solution. It's a little bit like saying when you used to have VHS tapes to watch a film, and now we're transforming those into a service a bit like Netflix, where you can stop, start a movie, you can change the language. It's that level of change to our IT infrastructure that we're trying to achieve. And our Move to the Cloud program will make us much more flexible, more agile, and improve our internal processes to deliver operational excellence. All of this to serve our customers better. And where are you uh, with that migration journey? The ambition for our Move to the Cloud program is to move about 6,000 of these applications, which are basically systems to perform a function worldwide, where we've passed over 2,000 applications to the cloud so far, which makes about 35% have been migrated, and we will continue this for the next couple of years. We've been talking about sustainability. Ash, is it more sustainable to move to the cloud? So overall, yes, it is more sustainable to move to the cloud. It is because our cloud data centers are run on newer infrastructure, so they emit less carbon. And when you're using the likes of the cloud service providers, they're on much larger scale, so the level of um, emissions is far lower. Within AXA, it's one of the steps that we're looking at when we're looking at our digital sustainability. And it's not the only one, but we want to make sure that we want to build our systems more efficiently with better, longer, turnable and resilient capabilities. Let me talk you through another initiative that we're doing within our Move to the Cloud program. Um, We've partnered with an organisation called Reforest Action, where for every server we remove from our old data centres, which are more carbon emitting, we're going to be planting a tree in Tanzania for every server we remove. So it helps us to decommission and meet our target around decommissioning, taking servers out of our old data centers and migrating them to the cloud, which is infrastructure, which is more efficient and emits lower carbon emissions. Mark, could you tell us a bit more about how we measure the digital footprint of data centers? So we tend to think about it across a number of different dimensions. As Ash was talking about energy, uh, you know, we continually measure our energy consumption and focus on excess energy used by the facilities. So that's energy used above the IT itself. 
That figure is often referred to as power usage effectiveness or PUE. And at Microsoft, we have one of the lowest PUEs in the industries. And again, the focus of our design going forward is to be as optimum as possible. Back to Ash's comment regarding the scale of what we do, we can drive an efficiency at that scale. But we also think about concepts like water, um, to lessen our water consumption in every aspect of our data centers. There is a challenge in data centers. They do use a lot of water for cooling, um, in cooling hardware that runs in these massive facilities. Both Dublin and Middenmere, our data centers, our mega data centers here in Europe, use a concept called free air cooling, which is simply taking that outside cold air and using it to cool the hardware. Again, avoiding waste on water. And again, we try to avoid using potable water, the water coming from the municipal source, and instead use water capture systems to capture water and recycle that water as much as we can. Other areas of focus include waste, the handling of the electronic waste, a great focus on e-waste. So we're focusing on concepts like reduction of hazardous substances, um, removing lead from the environment, removing materials that we find hard to handle in the end-of-life process, be it in recycling or repurposing. And then finally, the ecosystem that sits around these environments can be um, you know, very sensitive. So we have to be careful in the environmental impact, releasing warm air into the facilities or from the facilities. Today, for example, we're looking to keep bees in our campuses as part of the, the growing systems that actually are alive around us. So having a positive impact on the ecosystem as well. Now, Gérard, we know that the amount of data continues to increase exponentially. Are you also thinking about solutions to help your clients optimize it? Yes, yes, we, we surely are. So we design our services, right? So our main products to optimize data usage. Uh, look for an example at Microsoft Teams as a collaboration platform online. That is basically to remove as well mail flow going back and forward, right? So in essence, allowing people to manage the data in an intelligent way. Also, when you look at storage, right? Our storage is optimized to support different business needs. Um, as an example, in Azure, we have high-performance storage for critical application needs, but also provide archive storage for long-term retention, as very often regulatory environments require this. And next to that, but even important, our research departments are looking into a more condensed storage approach. As we know, data is still growing, like, like you mentioned in the question, uh, and therefore we look at concepts like storing data in glass, but even start to look at storing data in DNA. That's incredible. And Ash, what can access people do to reduce their amount of data? As Astrid shared in her podcast, we need to be aware of the materiality of our digital usage. If something exists in the cloud, then it will have an impact. One of the things that we can do is regularly delete data so you don't need to keep and retain data unnecessarily especially for example when sending large attachments also another factor that we're looking at is making sure that you optimize your data usage and we have data architects focused on making sure that our systems and processes are lean and that we're being optimal usage as much as possible Gérard would you like to add some tips as well Yes, yes. So first of all, being smart about sharing data, right? Do not send over email the same content you shared in Teams during that meeting. Understand the versioning of the products and do not use your own versioning approach. By example, right, by updating each time uh, your version with a number and creating a second 
same size of a document, for instance. Understand content lifecycle management, right? Data classification. And, and of course, you have to have your regulatory uh, compliance regulations in mind. And on a very regular basis, revalidate your data usage, right? Can content be removed if a draft version became final? No need to keep the draft version as an example, right? So, in essence, be conscious about your data on a very regular basis. Well, thank you very much for that, Gérard. Marc, Ash, thank you also for sharing all those great insights with us today. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in for this series on digital sustainability. We hope it helps you understand these key issues and that our guests have given you fresh inspiration to get involved in the transformation of Go. That's where we're leaving it for now. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. It was a pleasure. Take care and uh, stay tuned to Radio Go. Radio Go.